Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today I welcome a visionary, psychic, futurist, writer, spiritual teacher, workshop facilitator, and activist. That's quite a list, isn't it? That's amazing. Nicolia Christie to the show. Um, Her latest book is entitled Love, God, and Everything. There you go. We'll cover cover the whole gamut here. Uh, Awakening from the long, dark night of the collective soul. I think many of us can resonate with that, the long, dark night of the collective soul. And so it's a joy to welcome Nicolia to today's show. Glad you're with us. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, um, in the first chapter of the book, you talk a little bit about your earlier life and uh, some of the extreme experiences that you've had, uh, both spiritual and psychological, um, you know, with out of the body experiences, um, various deep insights, uh, moments of awakening, um, some traumas. Tell us a little about that, because that obviously influenced the um, trajectory of your life, right? Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, um, yeah, I started to spiritually awaken when I was 17. And uh, it was kind of like a spiritual and then psychological. And by the time I was into my uh, late teens, I was seeing and experiencing things. And I was very much on a spiritual awakening trajectory all the way through that time. And then I discovered psychotherapy, uh, humanistic transpersonal psychotherapy. And I dived headlong into that because I also wanted to dive headlong into myself. And it was a a real turning point. And I I said in another book that I wrote that it kind of reminded me once I was coming out the other side of that. I mean, you never really come out of that once you start that psychological journey. It really is for life. You're just going into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper layers that go back across timelines. It's not just about this time, this life, or I call it a timeline. And, um, And I realized when I was coming out of that, that this was really to do with the conscious evolution of humanity, that the, micro, the microcosm of the macrocosmic uh, evolutionary trajectory of the collective, and as we do for ourselves, we do for the collective. So it's an ongoing journey, but that, that really took me into the whole world of conscious evolution, 
And then I collapsed, you know, it was all part of, I mean, I was very, very spiritually active, you know, in terms of my own practice, my own connection with spirit, which was very, very strong, always has been. And then I collapsed. I had a major, major collapse, um, which I believe happened because of the, I had five years of out-of-body experiences that were happening very regularly. And I believe that they fried my nervous system. And I had a major collapse and, and basically I died on Easter Sunday, 2002. And um, directly after that, I had a profound, profound vision, which is now the, the, the major piece of work that I'm working on right now. And I've been engaged in for the last two and a half years nearly. And that will be coming out, I hope, in the next uh, year or so. But anyway, um, I had a profound experience when that happened. And then I crawled my way back and I said to spirit, you know, because I had been, you know, very much praying to spirit, you know, I'm here. I'm a vessel. You know, I work so much on purifying myself, the diet, the thoughts, the psychology, all the levels, the mental levels, emotional levels, psychological levels. And so it goes on energetic levels, timelines, ancestral levels. And so it goes on. And uh, and I said, I'm a vessel here. You know, please, you know, use me because that's not, not the wrong, uh, not the right term. But, you know, here I am. Please make the most of me. You know, I give my life here for this work for the higher good of all. And uh, anyway, so the collapse happened after all those out-of-body experiences, which I write about in the book, as you know. And I said at the end of that, that the energy still kept trying to come in, even when I was unwell and I was very clear. And I said, no, if you guys want to work with me, then you need to find a different way because this is no, this is not possible now. This is my form. This is my vehicle. You know, I need it to be strong and in one piece. I've got a lot to do in this life. So that's exactly what happened. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I was out of life for seven years. Uh, never thought I'd get back into life. I have to be honest, anybody out there who's struggling with their health or has had some kind of you know, major breakdown physically, um, don't write yourself off because you know miracles happen. And certainly me being in this space I'm in in my life now, it's a miracle. Because I mean, I was bed bound for three months. I was couch bound for two years. I couldn't walk. I mean, I really did go down. So anyway, cut a long story short there because it's all in the book. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I had no idea how it was going to unfold, but I knew that energy wouldn't come back into my body because I was saying no to it. And then literally seven years, almost the day of my collapse, I had this title that just dropped into my mind, 2012, a clarion call, it was called at the time a wake-up call for humanity. The publishers changed the byline, but it was called a wake-up call for humanity. And I suddenly had this sense, you have to write a book. And I'm like, well, what, what do you mean <laughs> write a book? I've never even written an article. Well, what are you guys talking about? It's like, no, you have to write a book. So next thing, hands are over the keyboard, off the laptop, and bang, I was off. And that book, Clarion Call, came through in six weeks. And it was wow. just all the doors opened as soon as it was written, I spent months editing it with my editor and everything lined up into place and it was published effortlessly, which, you know, is, uh, is quite a gift uh, in the publishing world for that to happen. And I've been Absolutely. on that path ever since. That's how, in quotes, they, the luminous ones, uh, the higher beings, that, um, you know, overlight us, if you like, that's how they found to work with me. It was in that way. And I think, just to say this, Paul, I think the reason why it continued, it didn't sort of, you know, my deep relationship with purpose here didn't stop when the collapse happened and the death happened was because I had literally left no stone unturned in turning myself inside out for this timeline 
and as many timelines as I could connect with forward and future, sorry, forward and back. Um, and I just think I was probably ripe, if you like, as a vessel to um, to work through. So that, that's where I am right now. That's what I'm doing. Well, and, and you're not alone, are you? There are many examples of, of spiritual um, masters and, and um, other wise beings, you know, on this planet who have gone through trauma. I think, you know, many gurus in India, you know, have had near-death experiences or some kind of trauma, you know, that, that that's, uh, seemed to be the end of the world for them. And then they, they rose above it, that almost like the phoenix rising from the ashes, right, into a into a new life. So um, it's interesting how, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> how trauma can uh, lead to something greater often. Well, absolutely. And, you know, in some cultures, it's called the shaman's death and <clears throat> so forth. But what happened for me in that death experience is my spirit was thrown out of my body and my sense wasn't. I often think this when people die on an operating table and they come back or they die by a roadside and then they come back. The, the, when the spirit is thrown out of the body, it has an opportunity to pick something up in the, you know, the ethers, as it were, pick something up from the higher realms and bring it back. And I, I, I sometimes believe that's probably why a lot of, you know, in quotes, wise souls uh, imparting information, uh, they, they have these experiences and they seem to come back somehow or other, forever changed actually within a lifetime, but changed. And you don't have to, you know, leave your body. I mean, there's examples of, uh, for example, um, the, the the great spiritual light, um, Omram Mikhail Ivanhoff, who you know, was already very much committed to his purpose, understood his purpose, was living his purpose. And then he went to India and he disappeared. I mean, this was, I think he was in his late 40s or something. And he disappeared. He just went off radar. Nobody knew where he was. And I think he was off radar for several months. And then he showed up, uh, you know, back in France, in south of France. That's where his center was. Showed up. And he was just completely changed. And he never, ever said what happened and how that came about. But again, it was another metamorphosis, uh, which can happen when you're deeply committed to your spiritual path. So since you came through that, you know, in 2009, wrote that book, of course, it, it linked in with the, the Mayan calendar, right, of 2012 and the end of that cycle that they talked about. And there was a lot of excitement around that time of this great shift. But the shift continues, right? It, it just because 2012's over, and nothing quote nothing happened for some people, right? And they expected <laughs> you know immediate change, but it doesn't quite work like that, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Because you know, our, as we know, and I know there's nothing I'm saying here, Paul, and most of the listeners don't already know. It's just a kind of reaffirmation, really. But as we know, you know, time is the blink of an eye, not even the blink of an eye you know, in time, capital and space, capital S, on the earth, you know, it's 2012 is like, oh, God, nothing happened. But in that blink, that moment, everything changed. And I wrote about that in Clarion Call. And I said, you know, people are going to wake, wake up on the morning of the 22nd of December 2012. And they're going to be disappointed. Because because they're going to look around, they're going to think everything looks the same, they're going to see the same stories on the news, everything is going to look the same. But actually, at a fundamental level, of the foundations of humanity in terms of its psyche, everything will have changed. And we're seeing the results of that now. What we're seeing in the world right now 
is part of the what we call it the after uh, what do you call that the after wind I can't remember anyway but yeah it's in the wake of what what we're going what we're going through now is in the wake of the 2012 phenomenon and so as I also said that. recently I wrote about this it's on the website one of my latest articles because I haven't been on the website writing for a long time but I put two articles on there a couple of weeks ago because it was very important and it was about the galactic center and I spoke a lot about the galactic alignment zone in 20 in clarion call and how that we were coming to the completion of a 26,000 year galactic cycle which actually completed on the 21st of December 2021 and I was saying you know back in 2009 when I wrote that that what we achieved between when we went into what is called the galactic alignment zone which was in 1975 and then we went through uh, into a 16 year uh, quickening process which uh, completed in 2016, that happened 1990 to 2016, we, what we achieved in those windows of time would be what would carry us forward as we move into this new cycle, into this new 26,000-year galactic cycle. Everything is set to change, and this all coincides with the fact that we are moving into the age of Aquarius. We are moving into that now, and as astrology um, supports that and again anybody that wants to know more about that it's in the book it's also on my website and it's also on my Facebook page because I uh, you know I post regularly about important things that actually are developments if you like of what I've written in the book for example Pluto and Aquarius which begins in 2023 and then it goes in properly in 2024 and I think it's there for 14 years and in those 14 years we are going to see as a collective the most phenomenal, unbelievable, incomprehensible shift of power and shift the balance of power from the few to the many. Well, let's so talk about support. that. Let me, right. let me be the devil's advocate for a minute for those people that say, this sounds wonderful, but when I look around my world, I don't see it like that. You know, I see COVID, um, it's still going on, you know, in its third year now. I see the you know, climate change is going to lead to the destruction of the planet. I see, you know, everybody's still living in that old paradigm of uh, them and us, of divisiveness, politically, militarily. You know, I, I see a lot of different things that, that are m making this world very difficult to live in. Uh, it doesn't seem like we're reaching a shift to a new, you know, galactic awareness or you know, a, a new a new age for the for the earth. So, what would you say to those people that are you know dealing with these retrenching values where people are going back to their old tribal ways of thinking? Um, you know, we're fearful about um, climate. I mean, our young people are up in arms about it, right? Um, people like Greta Thunberg. Um, what, what you know, what would you say to all those people who just can't see? this new uh, light coming well yeah i mean there's definitely this sense of those that can see it and those that can't so we're looking at the consciously awakened and we're looking at those that are still consciously unawakened however it seems to me that the mainstream itself is unconsciously facilitating the consciousness awakening within the collective unawakened because of this whole covid thing for example it's a circus and slowly but surely people are beginning to ask questions the 
the unawakened mass, if you like, are beginning to step back and say, well, hold on a minute, you know, something's not adding up here, something's not right, I want to get on with my life, I want to be able to go to work, I want to be able to do this, but this doesn't, doesn't feel right. Now, we're into, you know, like you said, the third year, really, we've had two years of this behind our belts, but when one is going through, or when a, um, a global society, if you like, is going through a profound shift, we know again at that 2012 date, which was the all-important date, uh, and now this 2021 date that we've just gone through with the closing of the galactic alignment zone and going into a new 26,000-year cycle, we know that, again, this is all about perception of time. So in our you know, human minds, we want to see evidence right now, but we're talking about grand sweeping changes. So even if we look at Pluto's role uh, coming up, it's, it doesn't fulfill that role until 2044. So it's only going to be towards the end of 2044 when we start to get a sense where we can say, okay, actually, in that period of time, something fundamental was shifting that we couldn't see in 2021, 2022, 2012. But we're looking at long cycles of it took a long time. We've been in this slumber as a humanity, this slumber for millennia. So we're not going to come out of it in decades. But what is happening is the fundamental shifts, the ground beneath our feet, if you like, is beginning to rumble, is beginning to shift. And that's not going to stop. And I know that because I can see what's going on with the astrology. So, and it's not to say that we haven't had, you know, moments of astrological opportunity in the past. We have, but we've never had anything like COVID. For me, COVID as, um, uh, find the right word here, as uh, trying to find the right word, questionable. It's probably as questionable as it is. It's not the right word, but it's the only one I can find right now. Um, it absolutely serves its purpose because I'm a great believer that nothing happens on this planet that is not meant to happen, that there is a grand picture beyond this earth. There's a grand destiny. There's a grand journey of civilization on earth. And everything is as it's meant to be. And for me, this is a great leverage. This has come in and it's like something absolutely stuck fast. And somebody's just hammered this lever into this stuck fastness of the unawakening of humanity. And it's beginning to lever, lever, leverage it and just tap away to create some space to crack open the um, shell, if you like, the titanium shell that has enclosed around humanity because it's lost sight of who it is. It's never really known who it is. It's a collective soul. It's never really known who it is because it's always been directed. It's always been controlled. It's always been, in quotes, told what to do, close quotes, by the, um, the few. And that is going to be the big shift that's going to happen. It's a shift of power. And I know I say this. I've written about this and I talk about this because it just absolutely summarizes, you know, where we're going which is that shift from the love of power paradigm to the power of love paradigm. And that's what we're in the middle of at the moment. Well, it is a fascinating thing, isn't it, to contemplate the idea that, you know, personal empowerment, um, the ability to be uh, fully actualized beings, you know, and not, not to have to take our lead from top-down thinking, um, you know, is is uh, is a wonderful way of living your life, and and also harnessing energies and 
awarenesses that that right now we see as somebody else's uh, fiefdom, right? That they're, they're in charge of it. Whereas uh, you talk about epigenetics, for instance, which is the idea that we, we, we you know, we're, we're not uh, victims of our genetics, right? We can actually modify genetics. Um, and yep. that's a fascinating study. So many studies, and you talk about these things coming together, psychological, biological, spiritual, technological, you know, uh, are all coming together to to serve each person, right? Rather than be, uh, you know, the same old power power uh, struggle between uh, the few, you know, that that have all the control and the rest of humanity. That's going to shift, and I, I think that with that is a wonderful, um, you know, hope for humanity that that we're and of course unity as a movement talks about that. You know, that we we have. Uh, already fulfilled we have everything we need within us right now because we are spiritual beings um you know it, having a human experience and, and you mentioned that Taya de Chardin said you know we're spiritual beings having a human experience not not human beings having a spiritual experience right we're remembering who we are in truth yeah absolutely and I also talk um not in the book but it's just thoughts I've been having since you know, about especially uh, triggered really by the whole COVID scenario and now the whole situation with Novak Djokovic and what's happened in Australia. And just this sense, and there's been a dialogue going on on the um, my Facebook page, actually. It's, it's kind of post I put up, which triggered a, a quite a lot of um, response, um, where I talk in that and I say, you know, we're looking at coming out of a rich, retributive system that punishes, that separates that polarizes, that finger points, that blames and shames and names. We're moving from that. And this is what a lot of people have got caught in with the whole COVID thing, the whole vaccine thing. And so it goes on is people are going straight into that retributive consciousness. And I'm saying that we're moving towards where we need to get to is restorative, a restorative system. We're living, living within a retributive system and we need to move into a restorative system. And the restorative system is all about you know, healing separation, healing broken connections, seeking to avoid them in the first place. And so I'm very interested looking at the dialogue that's playing out at the moment on the, um, the Djokovic post on my Facebook page, because I can see it. It's still so there. You know, it's still so the polarizing is still there because it's gone so deep into the psyche, the collective psyche. It's never really known any other way than the top down. You know, if we go back to Egyptian times, you go back to any kind of time that we're aware of, there's always been the elite few controlling the masses. And the masses have just, in a way, they've gone along like the bleating sheep. But the control has always been in the hands of the power hungry. And I often say when you look at the world leaders, you, know, you look at people like Boris Johnson, uh, you look at his face. You know, you look at the faces of, of people like um, Trump and other world leaders. And then I always say, okay, let's look at their faces. You know, if we had a collage, let's put the, the faces of the world leaders here right now. And then let's look at the faces of people like Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, beautiful Thich Nhat Hanh, that beautiful face. And beings like him, and we say, okay, which ones would you trust just visually by the way their faces look? Because we, we've forgotten the art of face reading. We've forgotten the fact that we know our senses, the felt sense, the intuition. We know how to choose appropriate, balanced leaders simply by their demeanor, their 
facial expressions, the energy that's emanating from them. But we've all been shut down. Well, not, not we all have, but most people have been shut down. And even those of us that, you know, have opened up again, we were shut down at some point or, you know, shut down to a great degree because just being in a physical form, in a 3D form, in a 3D consciousness dominated environment is going to influence. So we have to find our way back, which is why I say, and it's one of the chapters in the book, who are we? You know, why are we really here? Where are we really from? And where do we go when we die? Because these are instrumental, what I call the four existential questions. They're instrumental. Once we have a handle on the answer to those questions, it's like a, you know, a gate just blows wide open and we're just free to forge ahead and be really powerful, profound lights and influences on this planet where we can leave our legacy, you know, because this is what we, we need to do is leave our legacy. Well, I don't want to contradict what you said, because I think it's generally true about faces. But I think also, you know, the old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover, is sometimes true also, right? That, um, you know, you've got to be careful when you look at the surface of things and not prejudge it. There's been great teachers. I think Bodhidharma, for instance, the the teacher who took the uh, the Dharma from uh, India to China back in the day, you know, in, in terms of Buddhism, uh, was a, uh, a fearsome looking guy, you know, and frightened a lot of people. And uh, but but really, he was, uh, you know, the heart of gold. So, you know, uh, I think we, we just have to discern right this, when it comes to um, appearance, because um, this is a spiritual show. We can't be putting down uh, political leaders or whatever. Um, and, you know, for some, no, no, they, they may not, think that no, they're mostly the greatest thing since sliced bread. Unfortunately, there are people that may think that. And, um, and um, I'm not, so, no, so, I'm not putting yeah. anyone down. What I'm saying is that we have a certain lens that we can look through. This isn't doesn't have to be the physical eye because this isn't about looking about the size of someone's nose or how many lines they have on their face. This is about being able to see with awakened eyes. And when you see with awakened right. eyes and through awakened eyes, you can sense, you know, like animals can sense when somebody has cancer. They don't see it. They just sense it. And so right. we sense what we sense around other people. I mean, there's, um, I never know how to say his name, Gabor Mate. He's the, the guy that does um, this amazing work on addiction and trauma therapy. And he's got just the most incredible face. And that face is so lived in, so incredibly lived in. So it's not about anything other than what we can see with our awakened eyes. That's what I was meaning. Yeah, right. And I, I thought you were, but I just wanted to clarify that for some of us who may be taking it more literally. So, that, so that's good. And of course, for those people whose faces we can't abide, you know, we, we send them compassion and love. Folks, we're at the, uh, the break. Uh, I'm with uh, Nicolia Christie. We're talking about her book, Love, God, and Everything. Let's listen to these messages from Unity, and we'll come right back. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 Practical Spirituality Positive Messages 
This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. So welcome back to today's show. I'm with uh, Nicolia Christie. We're talking about her book, Love, God, and Everything, Awakening from the Long Dark Night of the Collective Soul. And we've been talking about this yearning for change and the fact that shift is, is happening. And, of course, it's based on consciousness, right? And this is... Um, a very big theme in in your book um, in terms of uh, consciousness, I would say with a capital C, right? The idea that um, consciousness is pre-existent. Yeah. We talked about this a lot on the show about whether consciousness, consciousness arises as evolution unfolds or whether it's pre-existent and creates evolution and everything else. And of course, from your writing, I can know immediately that you believe the consciousness is the essence that always has, has been here, right? And that we're growing into a, a greater awareness of that, and our, our ability to uh, live from that higher consciousness, that, that source uh, awareness. And, uh, you know, that it's waiting for us, in a sense, to remember the truth of ourselves, right? To come home to love and to the higher realms. Um, and to me, this, this is a very exciting thing, right? That we, we have such a... Um, a joyous future in, 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 in store for us if we would just get over some of the aberrations that, you know, have filled humanity for the last several thousand years. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you asking me a question, Paul? Yeah, so if, if people say, well, no, I don't believe consciousness is anything more than, you know, something that happens in the brain as we develop, you know, yeah, we get, we become conscious. Um, you know, we, we were monkeys a few, you know, million years ago, and, and then we were Neanderthals or early man, and now we're, you know, developed into what we call homo sapiens, but, but basically we're just sophisticated uh, animals. Uh, you know, this consciousness stuff is just mumbo-jumbo. What, what would you say to that? Yeah, and so, you see, this is an interesting uh, question because, you know, if one has not directly experienced consciousness, uh, OBEs, um, you know, other world realities, uh, you know, metaphysical phenomenon and so forth, if you've not had experiences of those, it's very difficult to really know and believe they exist. Um, so, you know, some people are very, very open-minded, and even if they haven't had those experiences, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I sense it, I feel it. But there are many people that are not so open-minded, and they don't sense it, they don't feel it, so it doesn't exist. Um, those people, without question, would absolutely believe it existed if they had the experiences. You know, the person that's coming to mind at the moment is Daniel Brinkley, um, which I, I don't know if you've heard of him, but anyway, amazing guy. And, you know, he was very, very unconscious. And then he had, and they, they actually made a film about him. Uh, Eric Roberts starred in it. I think, I think it was called um, Something to Do with Light, Saved by the Light. That was it, Saved by the Light, Daniel Brinkley, true story, uh, Hollywood film. But anyway, it was, it was so profound. 
and uh, you know he was just he was just living this very you know nothing exists beyond this he was uh, he'd been in the vietnam war he'd um you know he was a very very violent guy uh he was known for being a not a very nice person at all and then he got struck by lightning and he died and um, when he died he went to the higher realms and he was shown several things that actually came to pass and he's died several times since and he's gone back he's come back he's gone back he's come back and he's gone back and he comes back and so it keeps happening you know registered as clinically dead and yet there he was having these profound experiences he came back to life and his story is inspirational and he comes to mind in regard to your question because it's it really is down to experience and if you don't have the experience all you're left with is either reading other people's experiences and wondering whether it's true or they've made it up or you just don't believe and then if you don't believe, it's uh, I can't imagine living like that, actually. I can't imagine that. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, somehow or other the consciousness shift that happens within the collective will be also what begins to open people up to the fact of this being just one tiny atom of a vast, profound, extraordinary, uh, multidimensional, multi-leveled, multi-timeline, multi-layered experience that we have as a soul. I was talking with my, um, or listening to, actually my, my daughter was talking to my grants um, about the, the studying the planets or whatever, and the, 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 the grandson, he's five, was saying, you know, do we only have one son? Um, why, do, why is there just one son? How does the son work for you know how many suns are there in the galaxy and how many universes are there and and whatnot yeah. you know just at that that stage of development where they're starting to explore the mysteries and we have no answers for this right um we, we have what we think we know but we we have no yeah. definitive answers for them it's just more magnificent that we can we can ever convey and and science of course is is unfolding every moment right the, they used to tell us we were one trillion cells in our bodies. Now they're saying it's 50 trillion or whatever, that there were so many, you know, galaxies. Or, now they're saying we live in a multi multiverse, you know, with, with numerous universes, etc. So it, it continues to expand. In my lifetime, it's changed dramatically, you know, in my almost 70 years on the planet. Uh, so it, it's true what you're saying. It's, it seems that science is corroborating this idea that, we we do live in a in a wonderful place, and a lot of it is dark matter and dark energy, which we have no understanding of. We're exploring that. So the more we explore, the more more magnificent it becomes. We've gone from old Newtonian th thinking to quantum thinking, um, which is very much what you're talking about, isn't it? This everything is connected in in weird and wonderful ways, right? And and the there really is no difference between spirit and science at the deepest levels. They they seem to come together as one. Yeah, yeah, they're finding their way to each other, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, profound times that we're living in. I mean, I think this is just, you know, there's a soul to be here at this time and to be part of the change, which so many of us, I mean, I believe every awakened being or every awakening being on this planet is definitely an active part of the change and there has never been a time in human history where so many awakening and awakened beings have been on the earth at the same time 
And so that is extremely promising. And that's coming in more and more. So many babies, so many souls coming in. This has been happening really for about 30 years now. These profound, advanced beings and souls coming in to do what they're doing here on this earth. So we, we really are in this like movement, this trajectory of awakening and light that is taking us all in the right direction. You have a statement at the end of your book that says, um, this is the moment we, uh, we are born for these times. And exactly what you're saying, right? That, uh, that, that we, uh, there is only this moment in truth, right? We talk about the trajectory and the, you know, uh, the, the infinity unfolding, but in, in every moment that infinity is present, right? That, that, that's the sort of the conundrum, the paradox. And yeah. and so you know it's it's a it's it's awe inspiring to know that well I guess that's what you've experienced through your you know out of body experiences and other um, awakenings right it, it it got an insight into that um, profound um, what's complexity within the simplicity of the moment right which is quite yeah, interesting isn't it. Yeah, and one of the experiences I had in uh, October 2006, uh, no, October 2000, and when did I go to France? I had it in South France. It was October 2009, I believe, yeah, was um, what I called a, a, a temporary moment of enlightenment in the human form to experience that. And it was absolutely profound, and it really has, probably out of all the out-of-body experiences I've had, that was the one that really, really shaped my future in terms of how I approach the world moving forward. And that was an experience where I experienced myself uh, coming out of my body. And as I was moving higher and higher, I was leaving behind the emotions. And then I was moving through the, it was like a field of the, the mind and I was leaving behind the mind. And then I was just pure love. And I had, and it for me, it was such a profound experience because, you know, how do we come to experience ourselves completely as pure love where there is no mind and there are no emotions and it really made me realize when I was in that space before I came back in into the mental field into the emotional field back into the physical body but when I was there for that brief moment that I can't even put words to what that experience was but what it showed me is what is possible what it showed me is how we are absolutely dominated by the emotions and the mind and when we move those out of the way, we come into this place of heaven on earth. We come into this place of the heavenly beings, if you like, that we are, you know, incarnate on the earth and creating heaven on earth. And to me, that is about quietening the mind, quietening the emotions, transcending the emotions to the realm of feeling, which I talk about in the book, you know, this higher octave of the emotions is feeling. Just like we talk about the planets, you know, the higher octave of Venus is Neptune. Neptune kind of love is very different to Venus love. Venus, as I've said in the books again, is, is Mars is um, is chocolates and flowers. Neptune love is something else entirely. So it's much more in quotes fifth dimensional, if you like. Um, so we have these higher octaves in life, and the higher octaves are the ones where we're seeking to achieve. The higher octave of Mercury, which is all about the mind, is Uranus, and Uranus is the great breakdown in order to break through. Is the the genius is the flashes of pure inspiration from spirit that can come straight into the the um, vessel 
of a uranium-ruled mind is very different to the vessel of a mercury-ruled mind. And there's nothing wrong with the mercury-ruled mind. We need those. That's left brain. But when you start to bring in the balance of the, the hemispheres of the brain, then this is when we started to really move forward again in this whole awakening trajectory. So there are so many different layers to it. And that's what I've tried really to tap into and bring into in this book is the many different layers and many different angles. But one can say in many ways, oh, my God, it's so complex. There's so many layers. But then actually, no, it's not complex because we can go down the path of complexity and be you know, fascinated and amazed and enthralled by what we experience there. Or we can say, okay, I'm a Zen, you know, I'm much more a Zen being. Is there another way here? And it's like, yes, of course there is. We don't have to go down that sort of profound path. We can go down another path that's equally profound, which is simply to say, how do I change the world in a moment? How do I change it? How do we change it? And in that moment, if everybody was to ask themselves that question and then act on it, in that moment, it's simply saying, as, as glib as it sounds, I choose love. You know, I choose to be love, to love and to love even more. That's what we're here for. We're here to love and then love even more. We can never love enough. When we think we've loved right. as much as we can, love even more. And if everybody on this planet was to say, from this moment forward, I choose love. I choose to see, speak, hear, love. The world would change. It would transform. We know that. Now, at the moment, the world isn't ready for that. But I'm a great believer in when there is en there are enough of us. It doesn't have to be 8 billion people. When there are enough of us, and I, I, I don't necessarily hold to the 144,000 that has been quoted, you know, God knows how many times. It's enough, whatever that enough is, and it's not 8 billion when there's enough, we have the power just by the vibration, the frequency, resonation, resonation, resonance that's going around the planet. We have the ability to alter the planetary frequency when there are enough of us. And this is why it's so important that those of us that are awakened and are awakening to just keep aligning with love because that is a simple, basic path. It's a simple, basic truth. And actually, all other paths, like all other rivers, come back to the same basic ocean of truth which is love yeah the fast Very track well in a way the fast track is to just align with love be love speak love hear love see love that's it right that's course, you talk about the 144,000, which comes from revelation right with going to be the, the the brides of the lamb the the, the ones that are going to be saved but Really, that is a symbolic number, isn't it? Twelve was a power number in, in Hebrew, of course, and 12 times 12 to the 10th power is 144,000. So it's, it's the idea of perfection times perfection. It, it's, it's what it takes. And, and when you have the aha moment, you have what it takes, right? You, you're, you're in alignment. When you have that awakening to the truth of your being as love, then that, that's the number. That, that's the... The whole whole number and um so it's not a literal thing it's it's uh that that which what it takes you know and, and sometimes it takes trauma to break through it sometimes it takes um strange emotion to to break through um i was sharing with a friend when i was seven i my my sister died and um i was on the mountain with my dad and he was feeding me hazelnuts and 
and in the in that moment i i disappeared and and went into the white light and and i experienced nothing but white light for it seemed to go on forever it probably didn't but it was definitely a mystical experience and and when i came out i was i didn't tell my father because i didn't have the words to explain where i'd been um but i felt a sense of rightness you know that all was well that um everything was beautiful um and i had a sense of peace as a result of that so but i'm sure it came out of the sadness of losing a sister and you know for my dad to lose his daughter um there, there was a special moment there in that fall on that mountain and those in those woods and um i think it's it's you know it can come in any form can't it this this breakthrough this awakening yeah absolutely and you know that that's a really beautiful story um and i really have the sense you know from what you're sharing there that that was you know a key a pivotal uh, awakening moment for you at seven i think you said yeah. you were which is also a pivotal awakening age but also when we look at trauma and the role of trauma and how how many people suffer trauma and then they become these you know deeply awakened beings is we're not just and i i know people know this but we're not just dealing with our own trauma you know many many souls have chosen to incarnate in these times to take on lives that appear to be and are experienced as extremely traumatic because somehow or other by taking those lives on and aligning with trauma at a depth level, one's plugging in again to the collective. Not everything is collective. It's really a 50-50. You know, everything we experience is our own and it's for the collective. So many, many souls have come here who appear to others to have like quite traumatized lives. You know, there's always this thing going on. They're always unwell. Or there's always, they're always tired or this. But actually mm-hmm. many, many of those souls are to, to say the word suffering for the collective you know they've chosen to take on that clearing that line of clearing that needs to happen many of those souls are so so highly awakened you know but they many of them again they, they can't even get off a, a couch you know they're so exhausted or it's one issue after another and this really is also about clearing for the collective because this planet this consciousness this history we have as a global civilization has been dominated and i talk about this in my other book contemporary spirituality for evolving world evolving world has been dominated by suffering it's somehow or other the collective psyche believes that in order to have something good experience something good it must suffer because that is the age of pisces you know the shadow of pisces was all about suffering and we did for the main part live the shadow of pisces we won't go into that right now because that takes us down the whole path of religion but that's what the book contemporary spirituality is very much about that so the age of aquarius is something completely different the age of aquarius which is where we're going now we're coming out of the age of uh, pisces and we're going into the age of aquarius and that is about freedom it's about humanitarianism it's about the visionary mind the higher mind it's about uranian living you know it's living from a completely different place and freedom is at the center of all of that which is why humanity will see during the age of aquarius long after we've gone and come back and gone and come back and gone and come back and probably are back you know when we see this you know thousands of years down the line but humanity will see itself completely free because that's what the age of aquarius is going to create that would be a wonderful moment but you talk about the the current earth you know which we're all too familiar with 
and this new earth, which is what you're just describing. But then there's even beyond that, there's this future earth, right? Where we're, we're probably yes. not embodied anymore, right? We're, we're just um, be, beyond any limits, right? That uh, then, then we're really into a higher dimension of awareness. Yeah, yeah, we're living a kind of a human experience from from a, a you know absolutely actualized, self transcendent. So we could say that the new earth is self actualized, self realized, self actualized, and that the future earth, as written about in the book, is self transcendent. That's when right. and, and Maslow talked about self transcendence. You know, years, decades ago, it's that that state of self transcendence when we have transcended everything in the self we are being we're pure being and that's what future earth and that's what i was um writing about in the book what that looks like what that feels like well hopefully we'll get there before we destroy ourselves right i think that is a, a real choice you know i think there's probably been many um attempts throughout the universe of of um beings you know moving towards this this state and not quite making it there because they you know self-destructed in the process and um so we're at, we're at a choice point in that regard, but I, I think what you're saying is that there's enough people working to to get us there that we're, we're gonna we're gonna be okay. I want to come Absolutely. back to chocolates. I want to come back to chocolates and flowers and roses first. Um, I yeah. once had my um, <laughs> I once had my uh, astrological chart down in India and. Um, the the goddess that came to, uh, as my goddess to be you know worked with and, and used a mantra was a Sukriya, which is the um, Indian version of Venus, right? Um, so uh, you know I'm supposed to chant to the the feminine, uh, I guess, but but in the form of Venus. So does that mean I I need more chocolates and and um, in my <laughs> life? What, what, tell me about that. Why would why would that come up? Do you think? Well, I mean, Venus is beautiful. We 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 don't want to be uh, in any way, um, you know, shifting Venus over there to the the sidelines. It's it's the um, the balancing. It's bringing the balancing in. You know, the Venus and the Neptune. These are the beautiful. Venus is the physical experience of love. So it's right. so it's so important. It's so special. Neptune is the inspired. This is when the inspired spiritual, deep, deep soul union, deep soul connection with self fundamentally. And as we move forward and we, we, we come back, if we choose to come back, we align with that Neptunian uh, love and we're coming into a higher vibrational, higher frequency, higher consciousness reality. We start to live the Neptune aspects of love. It's just taking love up to the next level. But Venus is still, it's like heaven and earth. You know, Venus is the earth. Neptune is the heaven, and it's bringing those two together to, to create this perfectly beautiful, balanced, inspired, inspirational love. So keep eating the chocolates, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, because I do have a particular like of <laughs> chocolates. Um, yeah, I see um, some amazing chocolates that some people may have come across. Uh, Booja Booja, I don't know if you've heard of Booja Booja. No, I haven't. Booja Booja, B-O-O-J-A. B-O-O-J-A, Booja Booja. They are vegan, sugar-free, dairy-free, uh, everything-free, gluten-free, organic, and they are honestly the most amazing chocolates you'll ever, you're ever going to ever gonna taste. They're fantastic. So you can eat I'm them sold. and you think, oh, my God, these are amazing, but they're so, I'm gonna so go look for them. natural. 
and organic and beautiful. But what I did want to say here, Paul, is coming back to this whole, you know, are we going to make it? You know, is the world going to destroy itself before we can get there? You know, and what I would say is if we were moving into any other grand astrological age, maybe I'd be questioning, maybe I'd sit with the same question. You know, maybe, maybe we're not going to get there. But because we're moving out of the age of Pisces, which is the age of suffering and the age of subservience, it's also the age of creativity and inspiration. I mean, there were some beautiful, beautiful qualities, spirituality, healing. Pisces brought so much with it, but its shadow side certainly was the suffering and the subservience, uh, the self-sacrifice and the sacrificing. But because we're moving into the age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius is not that. The age of Aquarius is independence. It's freedom, it's vision, it's humanitarianism. And that is going to be its absolute focus. So because we're moving into that age, for me personally, I feel we couldn't be moving into a better sign as a collective moving forward when it comes to where are we going in the future as a a global civilization. Let me tell you, let me tell everybody about next week's show. And then I'd like to ask you for one final word of encouragement to our listeners. Okay. Um, Okay. Next week, author, poet, spiritual teacher, and professor Steve Taylor. He's from uh, the northern part of England. He joins me to talk about his latest book, which is quite fascinating and really links in with some of the things we talked about today. It's called Extraordinary Awakenings, When Trauma Leads to Transformation, which is uh, going to be fascinating. I read the book. It, it really is a good book. So join me then. Um, but right now, Nicole is going to give us a final word of encouragement to, to help us through the week. What would you say? <laughs> okay, well, I probably just come back to the same baseline that I, I was mentioning on and off, which is I would just say to people, pause, put your hand over your heart chakra, just wherever you are, any given time, hand over the hand cha- uh, heart chakra, just pause, close one's eyes, breathe, and just come back, just say, I, true, you know, I am love, I am here yes. to love, I am from love, and to love I shall return. And I love stand it. for a moment, breathe, so open your eyes, step forward, and make the first act that you do after you open your eyes and step forward, make that first act one of love. I love it. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening, folks. What a wonderful show. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 